you know, it, it feels good to know that we've peaked. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies, lab men, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Devolver Digital Forecast here at forecast.devolverdigital.com. Hi, I'm your co-host JM, and this is your co-host... Robbie, the other one. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> did you enjoy that? I did, I did. Uh, I'm the other one. I'm always, I will always be your other one. Oh no, I'm definitely the other one. No. <clears throat> Maybe you're the other one for the British listeners, and if I'm you're, the other one for the American listeners. If you're the other one, it is in the way that King Arthur is the other one. And that is a Monty Python joke. And there we, there. Now I've proven that I'm the other one. Uh, <laughs> oh, hi, right, Robbie. Yeah, excuse me. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> How are you today, JM? I'm doing all right, Robbie. I'm doing all right. I've got this robot arm that my microphone is suspended from. You have. I have. I have got that. See, did you get the same one as me? I got the same one as you. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We we can be brand ambassadors now. Brand yeah. ambassadors. Brand ambassadors. Yeah. No. Go on, please. No, I was I just going to say saying. that uh, I I checked hashtag forecast because I want to try to remember to start doing this at the beginning of the show, and, oh, and we, yeah. we get so oh, yeah. we get so giggly at the beginning of each episode yeah, we, that we, we always forget so i went ahead and checked hashtag forecast uh on twitter and uh we have a lot of we have two posts from our number one fan vieko frenetovic uh and what does he, say? he posted the sandman on audible and the black dahlia murder majesty dvd one documentary uh as just uh, as stuff for folks to listen to if they're fans of the forecast and want to listen to things that Vieco listens to. Uh, so I bet they're good. Probably. Uh, yeah. Sp- sp- well, speaking of interacting with the fans, uh-huh. I've posted on Discord. I saw that. I posted it yesterday. I said, uh, hello, everyone. This is Robbie from the forecast. And uh, <laughs> some people... Someone said, I said, I have no idea what to do here. Someone said, oh, the, the, the Tolsonator said panicking is a good start. So mm-hmm. that was some good advice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hypno speaker uh, agreed. <laughs> uh-huh. Paddle fruit said, hello, Robbie. So hello, paddle fruit. Oh, I didn't reply to anyone in the Discord, by the way. I probably should have done that. But now I'm replying to you here. So that's good, isn't it? Uh Hello, Robbie. Do you by any chance know if Fall Guys will be ported to my Atari with the team modes removed, KX? Oh. Um, yeah, fine. Um, can I? Oh, and then mod. That was OSHA. Then mod mod kick <laughs> said I can confirm that Fall Guys will be ported to the Virtual Boy. Oh, I enjoyed that one. And then Toon Food said, "Hey, Robbie, I like the talky radio thing you do. I assume." They were referring to the podcast. I think they mean the forecast, yeah. Yeah, because I don't think there's anything else uh, that they might hear my voice on uh, that's not behind a paywall. Yeah, um, yeah, the OnlyFans. And that's it, anyway. So, uh, hello everyone, again. 
Um, I'll be back. I might even say hello. Oh, do you know what? I'm going to type in hello. Robbie, now. this interaction you're having with our Discord right now is hello top-notch A-plus public relations. It is, isn't it? Hello, now I'm typing while and we are recording. You're typing while we're recording is... Yeah, there you go. Top now everyone's going to be A+ like, oh my god, podcasting. they're recording right now. Who's their guest <laughs> this week? Who could it be? Probably the only person I can think of who knows more about PR and the relations to the public than you. <laughs> and if really? anyone could be a, a true master above you, Robbie, there's only one human being that I can think of. I think I, I'm, I'm not going to say it out loud because I feel like you're going to say it. But I think If you say it out same, loud, yeah? Do you want to say it at the same time? Okay, yeah, we'll do it at the same time. All right. Okay, it's three, one, two. Oh, oh wait, one. you count. You count. Okay, great. Okay, three, <laughs> two, one. George W. Bush. Ah, oh, you beat me to it. <laughs> it's uh, it's Stephanie. It's Stephanie. <laughs> it's Stephanie Tinsley. Hi, Stephanie. I I don't think. Th- and thank you. We're out of time. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Thanks oh. for listening, everybody. Uh, she's PR'd us. We've been PR'd. <laughs>
uh, a beacon of light in uh, what would otherwise just be sort of like a lunchtime of me just clicking through the headlines, and no one wants to do <laughs> That's that. That's always fun. No, no one wants to do that right now. It's just not a good idea. We should all just back yeah. away, back away. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, this is fun. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. You're very Thanks welcome. for coming. Uh, so you mentioned we there, Stephanie. So for uh, people who are listening to our podcast, they may not uh, know anything about you because we did such a terrible job of actually introducing you as our guest <laughs> this week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, let's start with that. Who right. are you and, uh, and, and what do you do? So I am um, the founder of Tinsley PR, which is... Um, a very small and relatively okay PR agency, and we focus <laughs> on games and digital entertainment. And we uh, have worked with, or I have worked with at least, um, Devolver Digital for 10 plus years. Um, and before that, I worked with some of the co-founders when they were at other ventures. I've worked, known and worked with Mike Wilson for, I think, almost 13, 14 years at this point. And... Um, yeah, so I, I mean, you know, I know you guys really well. We talk almost on a daily basis, Robbie and JM. I see you multiple times a year, which leads me to how much I miss you both. Like this is oh, ridiculous. Man, yeah. I have, uh, I've never been uh, in one city as long as I for for an extended period of time like this. Um, I haven't traveled since PAX, and I miss my Devolver family. I miss, you know, I miss my friends and in the industry and this has been really really challenging to uh to not see everyone i i, I feel like there was a, a sort of passing joke from from john barque in the slack about having a sort of virtual celebration party uh, launch party for fall guys and i, I mm. think that that's something we need to revisit because i miss seeing your guys's faces <laughs> yeah it's definitely been uh a strange adjustment this year. Yeah. Because it's yeah. like, it's one thing working in, you know, quote unquote, distributed teams or whatever. Right. But you still get to see each other now and again. That's part of the fun of working in video games. But this year, it's just all gone out the window. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, no. Yeah, it's been pretty shitty. Yeah. No, it's been super shitty. Um, which, uh, you know, just continues to get worse every day. But... Um, you know, humans are, uh, our, our ability to adapt is what has saved us many times in the past since, um, humans were a thing and uh, we will all get through this somehow. Some of us anyway, unfortunately, because our governments are doing their damnedest to make sure that as many of us possible do not, do not make it through this. But at least I have you two. And for today, that's all that matters. That's what I like to hear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are a, what did you call us a, be, a beacon of a beacon, a beacon of, of light of sunshine. A, beacon a beacon of, of light. light in my day we go. in my week actually okay. yeah oh. <laughs> so. so that's where... a lot of responsibility I know <laughs> what, being a beacon of light don't fuck it up oh, don't fuck, fuck it up uh, I better choose my words carefully for this next question <laughs> Who is the best employee at Tinsley PR? Thomas. <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend. By far. No, like by far. Like it's not even, there was no hesitation in it. I thought you were going to say Devolver. And that's an easy one for me too because it's Rick. 
But, um, <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, no, Thomas by far, he's, he is, uh, he's a, he's a machine and he, uh, he is, he is the reason that I'm able to do, um, fun, awesome projects and not work on sort of things I don't want to work on, you know, like you, Robbie, you've mm. done PR before on the agency side. Like sometimes you just kind of mm-hmm. got to like, sometimes you're just working on something and you're like, man, I really don't like this. And, uh, but you have to, you know, it's, oh, cause, yeah. it's, cause it's, it's work and it's your job and it's business and it's income and there's mouths to feed. And, uh, and Thomas is the guy that does such a good job on, across the board that I can sort of take on fun things that are not necessarily like shoo-ins as far as like mm. success or longevity goes, but things that I can really enjoy working on, um, that aren't maybe the most lucrative, but they're, they're satisfying in either just their important games or their games that I resonate with or connect with. And, um, I wouldn't be able to do that if, if I, if Thomas wasn't so awesome, because I'd be just focused on like, you know, bringing business in to pay the bills. And sometimes there are games that you take on for a much lower rate because they're important. Um, and I'm able to do that a little bit more because of the best employee in the world, Thomas. Aww. <laughs> he'll never uh, listen to this, which is why I can speak freely about him. Like he'll literally, <laughs> he'll literally never listen to this. So he, he, and he doesn't know. And he just doesn't like, I don't really compliment them ever. The team. I'm always just like, you guys need to do a better job, um, <laughs> but they do a great job. Like there's no criticism to be had. Like we're all doing, we're all doing a really good job and operating at a high level. But, and I could say these things because I know neither of them are going to hear this. So. What would you say is the most important game that you've been a part of this year? Oh my god, this year? Sure. <sighs> Honestly, this is a this is a honest to god answer probably fall guys, and here's why. The world is so dark as we have already touched on uh in this conversation a few minutes ago that I think bringing something lighthearted and fun and zany and ridiculous to people every day and letting them forget how sort of crappy things are right now has been, um, I think part of the game's success for sure. And, um, and a really important element of life right now. Like fall guys has made me laugh like belly laugh tears coming out of my eyes like scre- like and also passionate like when tim the Tatman finally won a crown i was watching yeah. we were all watching right we were talking about it <laughs> i threw my headphones across the room i like jumped out of my chair like my chair flipped over and i was like yeah like i was like i have not been passionate about something like that in i think probably since serena williams last won a grand slam like honestly and that was like four years ago like Honestly, like I was so, I was so hyped about that. And I have laughed so fucking hard at people's clips in this, in watching this game. Like oh I haven't God. laughed like that in it, like at all in 2020 and yeah. is brought, it's just honestly like brought me so much joy that like, I just think that that's really important in, mm. in life right now that, that people have something like that. And this game has brought that to millions and millions of people. So I think honestly, for me, like if I said anything else other than fall guys, it would like, I just, like, I just don't think it would be accurate because if I, if I look at what that's brought just to me, per, just to me personally, mm. um, not even professionally. Cause like, mm. you know, we launch games all the time and this happens to be 
one of the biggest launches we've ever done, um, if not the biggest launch. The only launch that I think was maybe comparable in size and scope and media um, media interest was probably Mass Effect Two, and that was. Yeah. That was a while ago. That was a long time um, ago. That was a long time ago. Um, and we've worked on big games, but not games that have been at this level uh, in a long time. Maybe Saints Row 4 and Mass Effect 2 are probably the only two other ones. But those are huge AAA games with massive budgets. Yeah. And this is, you know, it's not it's not, not a, 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 a well-crafted game, but this game did not cost us, you know, $100 million, you know, by any chance. Yeah. And, and that's not the budget of the other games either. I'm just throwing out, like, an arbitrary number. But Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. It, it, it was made by a team that was, you know, at maximum capacity, yeah. 50 people, yeah. you know, um, over the course of three years. And yeah. I think that's, like, that's the most astonishing part of all of this, I think, is yeah. just the fact that it's just this this small group of people have managed to just create something that every almost everyone seems to enjoy. There's still some fucking idiots out there <laughs> who, who will still shit on it, who don't you know, who for don't, absolutely no, no reason. But, no you know. No but then that brings that. that, you know, they're getting their joy from it in their own, <laughs> in right. their own, little, their own little way. All press is good press. Well, yeah, exactly. That's not true. That's not true. That's no, true. not true. <laughs> so, um, what's some of the worst press you've ever had? <laughs> no, no. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, well, you know, so I mean, you know, like you're in PR long enough, and and something, you know, just fucking awful is going to happen. Um, I've had. I was working on. I was working with a, a company, and the CEO was sued for sexual harassment, and it, and then the person that was suing him emailed the lawsuit documents along with all of the allegations to Kotaku. So that was fun. And because the video games industry is just filled with lawyers, filled with lawyers, fucking lawyers (laughs) everywhere, all over the internet. um, Everyone just kind of took allegations as fact. And while I am firmly on the, um, you know, I'm a, so I'm a like super ultra lesbian feminist and I'm, you know, I, I'm firmly stand behind the me too movement. The unfortunate reality of this particular situation is that I was the key star witness for both allegations that were the only allegations that held up in um, in the depositions. There was just a lot of things thrown in there because you can you can allege anything about anybody, and uh, unfortunately for me, um, I was present. Um, for both conversations, for both of the allegations that the basis of the lawsuit was um, was formed around. And and in this particular situation, you had an employee that was really fucking pissed off and unhappy and decided that this was what she was going to do. And under, you know, penalty of perjury, I had to testify to what I saw under both occasions. And under both occasions, it was like, yeah, wow, she's suing him for that. Okay, cool. Cool, 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 cool. Like, I understand, you know, she was really mad. And, um, but, you know, ultimately it ended with her writing him an apology letter um, because, and her lawyers actually calling him and being like, can you pay her bills? Um, we took this on and didn't realize the extent of the bullshittery that was in this case. And it was like the one in a million instance of like someone kind of coming forward with a fruitless lawsuit. So that's like the, but, but at the same time, because the games industry is filled with lawyers, uh, this person's reputation was just like 
just just devoured on the internet and the company's reputation suffered greatly and just irreparable damage was done. And I think that was the ultimate intent. But, uh, but unfortunately for me, I was involved in that. And, and that was some really, really fucking gnarly press that like I did that you can't say anything in because you're part of a legal action. So even as the PR person, I couldn't be like, this is all bullshit. Um, but that was, that was probably the worst thing. No one that I've yeah, worked with has ever, like, killed that's anyone. Pretty, that's pretty bad. It's pretty yeah, bad, it's pretty, yeah. That's pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a bad one. It's, it's not like you ever kidnapped anybody or anything, though. <laughs> Funny you should mention it. Because <laughs> um, we did, and you were there, I think. I um, wasn't there for the kidnapping. You weren't there. Were you not uh, on board yet? No, you I was on board. Wasn't it? When Didn't it happen in Boston? It did. I went to bed that night. I went home <laughs> to the hotel to go to bed that night. Plausible deniability. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I'll tell that story. Um, so <laughs> this is a story that I've actually never told in a podcast of the, you know, the, the, the few podcasts I've done where people are talking about, like, tell us about interesting things that's happened in your career. I've never actually told the story because I've always been afraid to... Um, but I think enough time has passed. I don't know what the statute of limitations Stat- is on, on, on kidnapping. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe I can ask the, the lawyer sphere of, of Twitter since everyone on Twitter is a lawyer, as we've already discussed. Um, no, so we were, oh my God, what, this was 2014, I want to say, 15? Something like that. Somewhere around there. And... Devolver was at PAX in Boston, and it was one of the crappy years where it was, like, snowing ice wind, like uh, like that scene in Lord of the Rings when Sar- Saruman is, like, causing the, the blizzard to hit the hobbits when everyone's on the side of the mountain. It was like that. It was so cold, and it was snowing, and everyone was outside. You know, when, when the bell rings and everyone goes outside... Uh, from from PAX, it's like everyone stands in front of the convention center and waits for their cabs, but most people crowd around the Westin that's right there. I think that's a Westin. What is it? The Radisson? Yeah, Whatever. I think it's the Westin. Yeah. And uh, that was the year that we kind of wised up to how to navigate group activities to, to and from dinner and things like that every night. Whereas prior, it was sort of like me and Nigel and Graham once a day at 1 or 2 o'clock going... Yeah, uh, what are we doing for dinner? And in Boston, it already packs. If you don't plan ahead, like, you're screwed. Like, you're going to be eating, at, you know, Taco Bell or whatever uh, that's 12 miles away because it's the only place that still has food left by 8 o'clock. Uh, but this year we wised up and Nigel had, like, a series of, um, of like, Chevy Suburban Ubers that he had just sort of, like, I think they were just, like... He had one guy's personal phone number that acted as our car all weekend, and then I think he called some buddies. I don't remember how this happened, but there's, <laughs> he, like... Yeah, he, he does that all the time. He does it all the time. But, like, 14, 15, 16 of us are all standing around, and we've got a wave of new, you know, developers with us, and there's, I think, like, the Broforce guys were there, maybe, and, and, and you know, I don't even remember who all, and... We had so many people that were just, and they're all like, 
to the naked eye, everyone sort of looks similar. Like, we're all in puffy jackets, everyone's smoking mm-hmm. a cigarette, all the guys have fucking facial hair. Like, they, we're all scruffy, you know, looking, and, and we just look like, I don't know, we, we look like someone needs to just pick us up and love us. And so all these, <laughs> so all these cars, like, pull in. And there's, like, three Suburbans, right? And I'm like, all right, go, go, go. And I'm waving this crowd into, uh, you know, our crowd, our our people. I'm waving them into the first car. First car takes off, and we're going to Pagliucci's, uh for dinner that night. And the second car pulls up, and I'm waving people, and I'm like, go, 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 get it. And it's just, like, dudes in hoodies smoking cigarettes with goatees, and, like, half of them are carrying skateboards. And I'm just waving them into these cars. And so the third car shows up. And everyone gets in, and I'm like, shit, there's no more room for me. So I get in the trunk of the third uh, Suburban. Like, I'm in the luggage, like the, the trunk, like the like the cargo <laughs> carrier, right? And it's fucking snowing and raining, and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. And we get to the restaurant, and we all sit down, and everyone takes off their jackets so that you can see that, like, we're all human beings, right? And... You know, the waitress comes up, and I think this is our first dinner there. This ended up being a Devolver tradition because that dinner that night was so good. Um, but we're at this, you know, just family restaurants, family uh, restaurant in a, the, the North End or, or whatever they call it in Boston. And we, I wave the, the, the waitress over, and I'm like, can you just bring, like, a table full of, uh, of carafes of wine and just the house wine, whatever it is. And so she brings, like, a bunch of wine out, and everyone's, you know, ordering just so much food and I remember I was uh I was sitting sort of in the middle of the table and I looked at Justin um uh, fr- uh Americani from um uh sometimes always monsters. vagabond dog oh, vagabond, vagabond dog. dog thank you yeah. thank you vagabond dog Justin and uh and I and I was like hey man like how are you and he was like oh you know how he gets like super internalized about like the fan feedback that he's received you know from from the game right he's just a very like very deep He's just a very deep man. Like he, he, when he feels things, he feels them, you know, and, and he had received just like dozens of, you know, pieces of feedback from the day. And so he was just really sitting there being like, oh, I'm, I'm just thinking about, you know, the, the game and, and what we have to do now, like watching people play it. And, and the guy next to him goes, yeah, what, what's your game? And so Justin like looks and turns to this guy and he's like, oh, it's this blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, that's so awesome. Like our devs are uh, our devs are getting to know each other. And this is the great part about our big group dinners is that our developers all get to spend time together. Just like E3, when they're at the mansion, they get to, you know, sort of relax and smoke cigarettes and game jam and talk about ideas and, like, whatever it is, like, these guys do, right? And just bond and get to know each other. And I'm looking at this guy that Justin's talking to, and I was like, what game is this guy on? I've never... Uh, I don't remember running the appointments all day. I don't remember actually meeting him or talking to him. And so, but I don't want to be rude in front of the table of everyone else that I know who also knows each other. So I turned to, I, I can't remember who was next to me and I turned and I asked and, 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 uh, person next to me was like, I have no, I have no, I have no idea. I've never seen that kid. Maybe it was Nigel and Nigel was like, I've never seen that guy before in my life. So I was like, uh, gonna have to find out who this guy is so i kind of so i kind of just like very quietly like leaned across the table and i went hey what uh who Who the fuck are you (laughs) totally totally i was like who are you i was like i'm sorry we didn't meet today and he goes oh i uh i'm uh i'm eric and i was like cool eric where are you from 
And he was like, this is really cool. And he kind of was like gesturing toward the table. And I said, what? Who are you? So now I'm like, oh my God, like some <laughs> fucking like total stranger. Like, and I'm like, is he a reporter? Is he, who is he? Is he like another game dev? Like who, who got in the car? And, and I kind of looked and then, you know, and you get to a certain point in, in your life where you, you turn a certain age and everyone under the age of 25 just looks 12 years old. It doesn't matter <laughs> if they're 12 or fucking 24, you get to a certain age in life and everyone just looks like a child. But now that I was looking at him through a different lens, I went, Eric, who are you? Where did you come from? And in my head, I'm thinking, Eric, how old are you? And he's like, I'm, uh, I'm Eric. I, uh, I don't know. You were, you were waving people into the cars in front of the hotel. So I just jumped in. And, and my, like my stomach, I could feel my stomach like sinking to the floor. And I went, hey, Eric, how old are you? And he goes, I'm 16. And I went, oh, my, oh, my God. And, but, like, I don't want to let on that I'm just, like, freaking out. Because there's, like, wine in front of him. He wasn't drinking it. But, like, there was, like, a carafe of wine in front of him. And I was just like, oh, my God. So I very slowly reach over and I move the carafe of wine. And I kind of, like, looked up and down the table to see who was paying attention to this conversation. And nobody was. I mean, you've been to that restaurant. It's loud and dark. And everyone was just so happy to have, like, bread rolls and wine. Because by the time you get to dinner at Pax, you're just, you're going to, you'll eat your hand. Like, you're so hungry. And so I kind of was like, okay, Eric, cool, cool. And Justin is looking at me, like, like, shaking his head, like, you fucking assholes. Right? Like, he's just, and he's loving it. Like, he's like, he's like a... (laughs) He's like a master of chaos, like not a master of chaos, but like he, he indulges in chaos if it's around him and sort of like loves that interpersonal sort of dynamic between different people. And he's very analytical and he's looking at me and I can tell that he's like, just, just lapping it up. He's just like, (laughs) Stephanie is having a literal aneurysm right now on the (laughs) other side of the table. And I was, and I was. So I just kind of like nonchalantly moved on and I was like, okay, cool, 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 cool. (laughs) So he has like fucking spaghetti or whatever. Like we bought him dinner. He has dinner with everybody. (laughs) Right. And I don't say anything to anyone else at the table. I think maybe, I think maybe Liz Stewart was with me and I, and I think I told Liz. And so after, but the whole time I'm like, oh my God, it's now, you know, 945 at night. It's like Thursday this kid is out at a dinner with Devolver and like, I just, all of a sudden I was like, we're responsible. We're responsible for whatever happens to this kid. Right. So after dinner, he's like, goes outside to like hang out with like the guys that go out to smoke. And I just kind of like came up behind him. I came up behind him as the car pulls up. I had called an Uber, like an Uber black. Like if I could have called an Uber tank, I would have. Um, and I was like, Eric, what's your address? And he was like, oh, blah, 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 Summer, Somerset or whatever fucking place he was from. And so I, I, I just kind of like led him by the hoodie that he was wearing to the car. And I just very quietly, slowly put him in the car. And I went, Eric, thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight. And I, then I walked to the front of the, the car, the where the driver is. And I had him roll down the window and I went, take this kid to this address and uh whatever he says to you he's not allowed to change where he's going he's a minor he's in our care and you you have to make sure he goes home 
And I have never been more deadly serious in my entire life. And the Uber driver just looked at me like, this woman will find me and kill all my children if I don't do what she's asking me to do. And he, and so then I'm like nervously, I don't even smoke. And I'm outside Pagalucha's like smoking and uh, watching in real time this Uber driver get this kid home like 15 minutes away. And, uh, and then I was just like, okay, this story dies here until, you know, five, six years later, I get on the forecast and tell, and tell it to to the world. That's, That's what it, boys. Is, we got you know, her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm expecting, like, this FBI agents to, like, burst into this my house a, right now. This this podcast is a therapist couch slash sting <laughs> operation. <laughs> I don't know what happened to him. I, I never saw him again. I never heard from him. So, hopefully. Yeah, he, he, he works here now. Yeah. <laughs> and that kid, that kid was... Nigel yeah. Lowry. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, if we re- rewind a little bit more, how did you how did you end up getting into video games PR? I was cursed by a witch in a cave. <laughs> When I was out hiking one day. No, that's I am. Um, that's how we all get in. Yeah, I know. You have to find, you have to go find the witch in the cave and then she lets you <laughs> yeah. into the industry. Um, pluck out her eyeball. Yes, yes. And put it in a stew. I, uh, how did I do this? It's a very long, boring story. Uh, so I'll keep it as short as possible. I needed a job. <laughs> And I had a back, I had a background in PR. I mean, I, I got my degree in communications with an emphasis in marketing and, and, and another and a double emphasis in, in PR, like a minor in, in communications. So, um, uh, God, I had been in high tech for a few years right out of school in the early 2000s. And holy shit, was it boring. Uh, talking about like servers and server networks and <laughs> oh connectivity. hey, we talked to John about servers the other week and it was fascinating. That's different though. This is like <laughs> this is the storage area network behind the server. Yeah, to be fair, we weren't trying to like no. sell it. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Yeah, no. Um, so. So, yeah, so I quit. I mean, you know, you, you get to your, your the middle of your 20s and you have, like, an existential crisis. Like, oh, my life doesn't mean anything. I have to make it mean something. Or at least my job has to be really fun. And my job at that point was, like, neither. And um, so I quit. I just sort of was like, YOLO. And I sort of floated around a little bit. I did some um, traditional Hollywood entertainment PR, like, publicity. And that was gross. And... Um, I produced a couple events and I was DJing and, you know, I was just kind of making ends meet, but I was also like very diligently looking for a job. But my, my biggest problem in life, um, throughout my life is that people don't like me when they meet me for the first time. And that is because I am a giant (laughs) asshole. (laughs) (laughs) So imagine, imagine like being that and no and knowing that about yourself but like also trying to convince someone that they want to work with you and give you a job so uh, after several interviews and just fruitless searching i i did meet uh, a, a a lady crazy enough to hire me and um that job was doing pr at a very small and virtual company which might have been the ticket all along because no one had to be in an office with me and mm. um <laughs> And 
their main client was Microsoft and Microsoft Game Studios. And this was back when PR was done um, differently between um, your online agency, and you can't see me, but I'm using my air quotes, and your your real agency that handled like newspapers and magazines, the you know the future of uh, information. Ah, uh, they were separate entities. They were back separate, then. yeah. So we were the blog agency um, with you know the blogs and the blogosphere and the internet <laughs> that no one fucking understood back then, um, and. We you went surfing on the internet superhighway. The, uh, the information superhighway. Oh, that yes. was it. The information superhighway. Yeah, that's what it was. Surfing and, the um, web, the world wide web. Um, and that's so. That's so. I had you know. I I knew how to. I I could write. Uh, I knew the AP style book. You know, front and back. I um, I, I I had played video games growing up, but then. Uh, right around middle school, high school, I had, I had stopped, um, mainly because my parents never fostered an environment that was technology inclusive. We didn't really have a computer back then. We, uh, I, they, and they couldn't afford the, the gaming consoles that just would, would come out and just be hundreds of dollars and the games were so Mm -hmm. much money. And so I just, you know, and it was all like sports, like sports, you're going to play sports and you're going to be a professional sports person. And yeah. (laughs) So, and then when I went to college, like, the guys never asked me if I wanted to play Tomb Raider or Halo. Like, I, I would sit in their dorm and watch them play, and then I was like, this is dumb. I'm going to go find people <laughs> that want to, like, I don't know, hang out rather than just me sitting there watching them do something. And if I could play, I'm sure things would have been different, but all the guys in these dorms that I was hanging out with sucked as humans. Um, so... So that was, so I kind of, you know, so like I never, I didn't know what like Halo was necessarily because I'd never played it, but, um, but here all of a sudden I was working on, you know, launching the Xbox 360 and all of its launch games. And so it was a crash course in relearning video games, um, in, in the current video game, uh, you know, console generation. And, and it was fun. It was fun. And I loved it. And unfortunately, um, that job didn't last very long because after about a year, um, the main PR agency, Edelman, which is the largest PR agency in the world, I think they represent like whole ass countries. Um, I think they represent, wow. I think, I, I, <laughs> I, I, think doing... I know, no, I think they represent like, like, like Vladimir Putin and his interests in the United States as far as his public image goes. Like, I think, like, the, like this is the level of, like... Well, they're doing a bang-up job. I know. I mean, and you couldn't... <laughs> like, honestly, like, like all due respect, if Mr. Edelman wants to buy my PR firm, um, <laughs> that's... I'm open to talks. But, like, honestly, like, fuck that. Like, there's no money enough in the world for me to represent, like, co- like governments, you know? Like, like, like that. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like, anyway, whatever. So... Uh, so, uh, what was I saying? Um, so, so yeah, so then Edelman basically took over all the business and there were layoffs. There was only like four people, five people working at the agency anyway, but like one of them ended up going internal at NVIDIA and like, I was last person standing at the agency. Like I was, I was diligent about my work and the accounts I was on at that point, which was like Atari and like a couple other companies and, um, my boss um i don't really know what was going on but there would be like long swaths of time where she just completely disappeared and was unreachable i don't 
I don't know. I don't. She was either on like a backpacking trip or like a horse ranch in you know unreachable uh, Wyoming or like rehab. Maybe I don't really know. And yeah, I probably so, smacked off her tits. Totally, I know, I did, absolutely. And um, and so she eventually, like, I played my cards right. I was very patient. I was very patient. I was very patient. And all of a sudden. I I could see the writing on the wall, right? And she was like, okay, so I'm going to go produce movies and I'm closing the agency down. And by that point, you know, by that point, it's like the, I'm doing all the work for the three remaining accounts that we have. And she's like, I don't care if you keep working with these guys. If if you want to go for it, you have my blessing. So I was like, peace. And my clients at that point were like, well, you're the, you're the relationship. You're the work. We want to work with you. You do really good work. And really, the good work is born out of, like, the this, this just sheer fear of being unemployed, um, which fear is just such a great motivator in the workforce. Um, and it's, 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 it's what continues to drive me today. Um, and this was 15 years ago. So, um, so yeah, 15, years, 15 or 14 years ago. So, uh, short story long, I incorporated i called a lawyer i was like i need you to file incorporation papers for me because i don't know what i'm doing and 15 years later i still don't know what i'm doing but for some reason i still have this job and um i have not had to interview since thank god because like i said uh no one uh, I, I just don't interview well i i i make i anger people upon meeting them <laughs> i think so so yeah so i've worked with like a ton of companies, uh, I, I've launched uh, hundreds of games, and I've seen, I've seen some shit, bros. Yeah, but it's but that's my job. That's my job. Um, how so? How did you? So you worked with uh, various companies before Devolver. So when Devolver started, did you just kind of? Were you just kind of already part of the furniture? Part of the what? Furniture. 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 <laughs> part of the furniture. I had worked with Mike Wilson. So, uh, so uh, there's so Andrea Schneider um, is uh, one of the greatest human beings on the planet, and she was the director of global communications at Atari, and she was also big into Burning Man and she knew a guy named Mike Wilson who had this company called Gamecock and he was looking for some good PR um, and some like good community stuff this is before community managers were like a thing social media wasn't really a thing back then and she introduced me to Mike and Mike was like great you're hired and like I had just started after like a month of silence from Mike after he signed a contract hired me um Mike was like, hey, we just sold the company to South Peak. Um, you'll work with them now. Uh, I made sure your contract transfers over. I don't really know anyone to introduce you to over there right now, but, like, you'll be fine. All right, thanks. See ya. <laughs> and to, to the two of you listening to me tell this story, this should come as, like, no surprise whatsoever. <laughs> and um, and to his, But, like, true to his word, though, like, my contract transferred over to South Peak, and... No one from South Peak ever called me, but I got a paycheck every month from them. Nice. Well, that's a win. Yeah. So it really worked out. And uh, and then Mike called me like a year later and was like, you know, hey, sorry about that South Peak thing. Did that work out for you? And I was like, boy, did it. 
um, and he was like, well, that's cool because I might have something else for you. And he was kind of doing some like EP consulting on some games with just, you know, Mike knows literally everyone. And for those of you who don't know who Mike Wilson is, uh, Mike is one of the co-founders of Devolver Digital. And you can Google his name and a myriad of, you know, Mike Wilson video games and a myriad of, of you know, articles and interviews and wiki pages will come up. And um, so Mike and I worked together uh, once again through a couple of events, uh, did some did some work with um, with his folks that he was sort of contracting with. And this was sort of while they were getting the the early, early, early stages of the Devolver thing up and running. And he had kind of alluded to the fact that, like, he's working with his partners on some stuff. And really what that was is that they were hammering out contracts in 2009 with um, with Crow Team for Serious Sam 3. And sort of getting the publishing rights to put out, like, Serious Sam, the HD series and things like that. And so I had put some press releases out for him for these games, but I didn't really know... I, I wasn't really, it, it wasn't part of, like, the grander strategy. So then all of a sudden, like, Mike calls me up and he goes, all right, so that thing I was talking about, well, we're going to do it. We're going to announce this thing. Um, we, we, we're going to announce Series Sam 3. This is the label. It's sort of a trial run for us to see if we can actually make this thing fly. And, you know, Mike, Mike can sell anything. I mean, Mike, like, Mike is um, not only one of my easily top five human beings on the planet, um, throughout my life, but, um, but he is just very easy to listen to. And when he explains something to me, like, like I just, I just believe him, you know, like he's just the guy where it's just his delivery method, his, his, just his mannerisms, everything is just so soothing and calming to me that every time I have a, every time I have a conversation with him, I feel like I've taken a value. Um, I'm just left in a much more peaceful state. And it's like, it's like, that's his superpower, I think. Um, and so, um, and so I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's rock this thing. Absolutely. So that was how I started working with Devolver Digital. And, um, then Mike introduced me to this guy, one of his partners that was going to be heading up, uh, the marketing stuff for the, the, for Series Sam 3. And his name was Nigel. And I was like, oh, but I like working with Mike, and I know Mike, and I trust Mike. Like, I don't, I don't, like, what if I don't like this guy? Like, what if it doesn't work out? And, uh, and that was the, the beginning. And then I met this guy, Nigel, and that was the beginning of my, um, was the beginning of my relationship with, uh, the man, the myth, the legend, uh, at Devolver Digital. Yeah. So that's how it started. And we launched Series Sam 3 in Q4 of whatever year it was, 2011, I think, 2010, something. Uh, Q4, which is like we were going up against like Halo Nine, Assassin's Creed fourteen, Call of yeah. Call of Destiny, you know, like <laughs> just you know, just the biggest games, biggest franchises in the world. And then like here's our like tiny little you know, run and gun shooter that we had to somehow figure out how we were gonna compete in this launch time frame, but it had already been delayed and we had run a brilliant campaign, um, which is sort of which is sort of kicked off um, Devolver's interest in indies to begin with because we had signed this story's been told a million times but that we had signed three mini games and given the Series Sam uh, IP to three different indie creators to do whatever they wanted with the game and one of them made like a platformer um, that was just like over the Mom's, Mommy's Best Games made, made like a platformer that was like ridiculous and over the top and Vlambeer uh, jokingly 
had submitted a pitch for a, a Serious Sam RPG, and Devolver was like, yep, greenlit, go fucking go for it, that sounds great. And Rami has said since then, he's like, I can't actually, like, we made up the most ridiculous thing we could possibly think of, and then they said yes. Uh, <laughs> and so that's, I think that was, so Serious Sam, Double D, Serious Sam, I can't even remember the names anymore. Anyway, three mini games had launched in the span of the delay time that Serious Sam 3 was, the main game was in production. And when Serious Sam 3 came out, like, in late October, which is, like, a dead zone for a game that's not Call of Duty. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. um, or, you know, like, like uh, GTA or, or, or something, just some massive property. Uh, but it was such a fun, dumb palate cleanser that took no effort to play like you pick up the controller you run backwards you use one of 170 different ridiculous guns that you have at your disposal (laughs) you never run out of ammo like it's amazing you know what i mean so everyone loved it there was no indie games out back then i think there was like one game like braid and braid and trine were the two standout (laughs) indie games and those were heady serious you know braid is heady and serious and trine is a a puzzly action platformer and trine is to this day one of my you know favorite franchises i I got to launch trine 4 uh last year uh which was awesome because i remember when the original came out and, and i loved it um and um and yeah, so this game, the Serious Sam game came out and just sold bonkers and scored bonkers and everyone loved it. And everyone was like, who's this Devolver digital company? And, and I was like, well, hey, maybe, you know, hey, w- we did it, you know, now, now what? And the now what uh, happened to be that because of these indie games, the guys were looking very seriously at working with other indie games. And there was this game called um, Hotline Miami that they... Uh, that they were going to publish, but they hadn't announced that they were publishing it yet. And then word got out that this serious Sam company that, you know, was going to publish this hot new game that everyone was freaking out about. And that's sort of the history of how, you know, that all happened. And then more games got signed from there after hotline Miami was such an enormous success. And, uh, and here we are. And here we are. Ten years later. Ten years later, later yeah. releasing another Serious Sam, um, well, releasing the sequel. I know, ten years later, finally releasing Sam 4. End of Q3, yeah. And yeah. Vlam Beer have just announced uh, their 10th anniversary there, calling it a day. That's, I so, know, yeah, crazy. Very eventful. Yeah, it all, it all ties in, it's all connected. It's all connected. It's like a, it's like a LSD fever, it's like a peyote fever dream. All of it is what it feels like when I look back at 10 years working with Devolver and I look back to the very beginning and how we sort of made it all fly with Serious Sam 3. Uh, it just it just seems crazy. It just seems crazy. Like it just seems like a fever dream to me because it's just been good decisions. Well, actually, it's been it's been bad decisions that have worked out in our favor <laughs> uh, every single time. And it's but it's it's awesome. It's awesome to have been uh, a part of it, um, you know. Even though we're on, we're on the agency side, we're very much like, you know, it it doesn't feel like we're a separate entity from Devolver. We have other clients, of course, um, but uh, but Devolver's just just always been something like really really special to us and and to me really. And I know Thomas like this. The only reason Thomas agreed to to come on board with me is because he was like, you work with Devolver, right? <laughs> and I was like, yes. 
Like, all right, I guess. I guess. Uh, it's a shame. Him. It's a shame we have to fire him here on this podcast. <laughs> 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 that oh. he'll never listen to. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't know it now. But now he's fired. Yeah, this is his notice. You this see, you can notice. just be like, oh, you didn't listen to the podcast. Oh. <laughs> Terrible no, employee. Sorry. You're fan. fucked. Yeah. yeah. You've been fired for weeks, man. I'm doing all right. I'm really looking forward to the arrest of Jonathan Mattingly, Brett Hankinson, and Miles Cosgrove so any day now. So hard. It's like so, it's so uh, hard. Yeah. One of these days. I can fucking taste it. Yeah. One of these days we're going to get those motherfuckers. You know, on my last podcast I, I publicly challenged that I, that I was a guest on. I was on the Venture Beat How Games Make Money podcast. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I publicly challenged Betsy DeVos to a fist fight. And um, <laughs> she hasn't responded Oh, yeah. she, well, she listens to this, so Good. Uh, yeah. feel I would, free to call her out. So I would just like to take this opportunity to now publicly challenge Kaylee McEnany to a fist fight. Because from publicist to publicist, from PR person to from, – from communications professional to communications professional, uh, I, I, I think that um, – I think I could take her. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, and I would and I would like the opportunity to do so. You heard it right here, ladies and gentlemen. The gauntlet has been thrown down. Yeah. Will miss. What is yeah. it, McEnany? Yeah, Kate. She's the she's the uh, she's that new blonde girl that she's the new Sean oh. Sean Spicer. She's oh the yeah. New, yeah. Yeah. She's the White House press secretary, and and yeah. and the the woman before her. I can't. I don't remember uh, what her, her name was. She was. Uh, she had like a really appropriately named. She, she's name, like the governor's she? Huckabee, Sarah like, Sarah Huckabee, Karen oh, Scumfuck. Yeah, yeah Karen Scumfuck. Karen, yeah, Karen Huckabee is her new name. Um, she's the best person I've ever seen do communications work ever in my life. She, uh, she is. She was so good at that job. It was it, it which which like makes it all the more infuriating. Like Kaylee McEnany is mm. just an idiot. She's just you know she's just a, a a mouthpiece for for the administration. But but Sarah Huckabee had a way of making you feel actually bad for calling out the lies of the administration. That's how good she was at just taking what you were saying and turning it around and weaponizing it against you. She's the best person I've ever seen handle a communications role ever and it, that's what made it so infuriating to me because i was like you could be such a force for good and here you are like like a force for just absolute pure evil but yeah would anyway. you fight her she, i would i think i'd lose uh would you, would you hope for a redemption arc on that like maybe if you like punched her in the side of the neck really hard she'd <laughs> kind of realize i think yeah i mean i i feel like i feel like that's a it's i feel like yeah i could yeah <laughs> But, but yeah, but Kaylee McEnany, no, I, 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 want, I want to punch her in the face. Yeah. Hard. 
her and Becky. I could, I, you know what? Let's double the ante. Let's up the ante here. I'm doubling down. I'm publicly challenging Kaylee McEnany and Betsy DeVos at the same time to a fist fight. They're on the same side. I don't. I think I could take both of them. I think. They, I think you could. I owe it I to the American people to try. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. But that's. I mean, you know, I don't want to go too far down the, the political rabbit hole, but uh, but all it takes is a cursory cursory Twitter Twitter search on my timeline to see where I stand <laughs> on these things. And any... uh, where where can people find you, Stephanie, on Twitter? They can find me at Agent Tinsley. Um, that's me. That's my handle. And uh, and I welcome any and all new followers to argue uh, to argue with me about politics, Serena Williams, video games. And extreme weather. Those are the only four topics that I talk about. On <laughs> extreme weather. Extreme weather. <laughs> yeah. There you have it, folks. Yeah. What more could you possibly need? <laughs> that is it. Well, thanks for joining us, yeah. Stephanie. This has been really cool. Yeah. Thank you, guys. No, this was fun. Um, is Is there anything else you want to uh, shout out at, uh, before we kind of wrap things up? Oh, I just would like fans to go a little easier on video game developers. Um, just, you know, making games is really, really hard. And they already get enough shit from me and my team about <laughs> splitting their time and talking about features and adding features and why isn't this game more accessible. They already get it internally from us. They don't also need it from you. Um, just try to find the joy it's my job to do that, though. Like, I'm paid to do that. So, fans, just try to find the joy in your video games a little bit and lay off the people making them. Um, trust me, they're already getting it twice as bad from me. That's that's about it. That's what I want to close with. I have chicken nuggets waiting for me in my drive on my driveway right now, so I'm going to... cry for compassion <laughs> so I'm, uh... from a woman in dire need of chicken nuggets. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going I'm to wrap it up and go out to the driveway and get some chicken nuggets. Well, thanks yeah. for being here, Stephanie. Yeah, you guys are thanks awesome. Thanks for being here, Robbie. Yeah. Oh, shucks. Oh yeah. I miss you guys. I'm always here. I'm proud to be here. Oh yeah. All right. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Hashtag forecast us if you want to share your thoughts and feelings. Uh, we sure would appreciate it. Or if you want to join our Discord, and we have a forecast channel in there that Robbie will apparently now read the minutes from. Yeah. Uh, uh, so. Very quick one. The the, to- the Tolsonator says, can you tell JM Tolsonator said hi? Shit-eating face? Ah, uh, that's that's Young Poop. Young Poop. Uh, yeah, and uh, okay. great. Thank you for relaying that message to no me. No problem. <laughs> you right, have to wait to listen to this podcast for a response. To find out whether I got it. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do.